Welcome to the With Grace podcast. I am Grace and thanks for joining this journey towards a more positive and fulfilled life with me. Recently, I have been developing a passion for all things mindset, psychology and spirituality and I hope that I can share this knowledge with you through this podcast. This is a place for meaningful conversations where I will bring along guests that I think will help us unravel the tools and the tips for succeeding in the pursuit of happiness. I hope you enjoy. So today on the podcast, I'm joined by Michelle McWilliams, who is a psychic slash medium from Belfast, who I have been going to see now for about three years. And I just love Michelle's work. And that's not to say I wasn't skeptical before. Um, I talk about that more in the podcast. So if you're skeptical about all this world of psychic and mediums, stay tuned, please just keep listening. And you'll hear about how I was so super, super skeptic going in. On how my mind was just completely flipped 180. Like I was basically proved wrong. I tried to do a trick to see if I could prove this wrong or right or whatever. But I was proved wrong and now I'm a believer. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. And I hope you enjoy it. We really get into inside a medium's mind as I have called it. So how Michelle communicates with people in the spirit world how our loved ones come across to her and the messages they sent us and I just really think it was so amazing like my eyes have been even more opened even though I'm open-minded already but I just couldn't believe the I just couldn't believe that this is possible and it was so amazing to actually hear it from Michelle and get the chance to question her on it because it's not often that mediums and psychics would open up about this stuff as they're very criticized and it's still not really well, it's becoming more widely accepted, but it's still not really there yet, especially in Northern Ireland. So I'm so glad that I can publish this and spread Michelle's message and word out a wee bit more. So hopefully you enjoy. And if anyone wants Michelle's number, because she's not really on social media or she doesn't have a website. So if anyone wants Michelle's number after this episode, let me know and I can send it to you because I can, I would recommend her to everyone. So yeah, hopefully you enjoy and let me know if you've enjoyed this after. Send me a message if you want. Let's get straight into it. So you're very welcome, Michelle, to the With Grace podcast. I'm so excited to have you on and I've been wanting to get you on for ages. So I'm buzzing that it's actually happening now. Thank you for having me. No bother. Um, (laughs) I just want to talk first about how I had actually texted you originally to get you on and how I just felt like the stars aligned and this was meant to be for us as well because I whenever I texted you I kind of thought that you weren't going to do it and we've already discussed this but um and I've said that in my introduction there too because you don't have social media like you don't advertise your work you know it's kind of like word of mouth as I like to say because it's just like somebody tells their experience and you get your number and all that so I just thought the nature of your work it's so private and confidential like I remember you saying the first time we went that you don't you don't allow recordings or anything like that so it's just to take down notes and everything so I kind of just thought oh she'll not do it but I may as well ask I'm just that type of person you may as well ask if you don't ask you don't get and then you hit me back with what what did you text me let me see oh I don't even think I can find the text now but you had said um like first how you're a wee bit skeptical of this that this isn't you wouldn't really go down the media route with your work but then that you had actually had a reading yourself before Christmas and that the person had told you 
that you would actually be on a podcast with someone that you read for and I was just like oh my god stop <laughs> this is too weird I've just found the text if you want me yeah. to read it to yeah, read it out. <laughs> um, so when you asked then I replied hi Grace well this is fun um, as you have gathered from my minimal social media presence and lack of website etc I tend to shy away from media regarding my work However, I had a reading myself a few months ago and was told that I would take part in a podcast with someone that I read for. It would have links to the entertainment world, so I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, so that was like, I don't know, unless I'm going to become a singer, dancer, actress or something, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Or maybe this podcast is just going to kind of take over the world. <laughs> uh, maybe that's what's in store for you. Um, so then I, I said, I'm assuming that must be you, so tell me more. And here we are. Yeah, oh no, I like I just couldn't even believe it. I was like running straight to my sister being like, oh my God, look what the psychic just replied to me. That's what I call you, the psychic. Um, <laughs> and like sent it to my friends being like, look what the psychic just replied, like this is going to happen. And they're all freaking out. And then I rang you and told you a bit more about it. And then you've gladly now said yes and come on and here we are. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was just so weird for me. Um, but I've already asked you this before. I think the first time I came to see you, I haven't seen you, like I think it's only maybe two or three times, but this is what I really like about you in the sense that the first time I ever came to see you, I think I was a wee bit like vulnerable after my first reading because I was so skeptical. Um, and then like you just opened my eyes and my mind so much that I was like, oh my God, I want to do this like every week. Like I was like, I want to know more. Like I was just so intrigued. But you, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to come back. And you were like, don't come back for like another year. You know, you kind of have to let the powers that be happen you know don't be rushing back in a hurry so that's what I really liked about you um so I think although I'd seen you like three years ago now I've maybe only seen you two or three times since then which I think I think that's so good instead of like you're not rinsing me you know what I mean no but, absolutely no way I mean when you'll know what you've had a reading with me it, it can be quite comprehensive so it's 40 minutes to an hour that's dedicated to you and your loved ones and mm -hmm. um, there's enough stuff that comes through in that that you know should give you that feeling of connection should give you that peace of mind with regards to your spirit people but also with the psychic element of the reading um there, there's direction there you know there's events that haven't unfolded yet so if, if you were to come back in a couple of months one thing that happens is you lose the kind of the validity of it you, you lose the, the appreciation of the fact of what is actually occurring between us you know plus you're spending money to hear what you've already heard yeah you know? exactly. <laughs> it's like no don't do that you know leave it let some of these things unfold and then when you feel the pull you're more than welcome back yeah. but yeah my, my kind of ground rule is I won't I prefer not to read you for a year yeah no I think that makes sense and like you said like you'd just be reading the same things like it hasn't happened yet you know but mm -hmm. For me, I know that whenever I have you booked, I don't know what it is, but it's almost like the world is falling apart for me, like the two weeks leading up to whenever I'm due to see you. And I'm just like, thank God I got her booked because your waiting list is usually quite long. So I'm always just like, oh, I just needed this. This is just the right timing for me. So I wanted to firstly touch on how you, this is what I was going to say. Yeah, I think I asked you this the first time I met you, but how you like came to find your psychic sort of mediumship abilities. And when did that first start to unravel for you? Yeah, so there, there's a difference between the mediumship aspect of it and the psychic aspect of it. Okay. So mediumship is where I will connect with the spirit world, those who are no longer on this plane as such, those who have departed their physical body. And um, so that's the mediumship part of it. The psychic part is where I work soul to soul. 
Um, so psyche, the, Greek, the word psychic comes from the Greek word psyche for soul, okay? And so that's the bit that is, you know, using the, the cards, using the palmistry, the, the bit that connects in with you and what's going on in your life and those around you in the incarnate world, so in the mm -hmm. physical world. Um, so the mediumship part of it, I, my first memory, my earliest memory of it, I was only five years old and my great-grandmother passed the spirit world. Um, so <laughs> I woke in the middle of the night and, and I was in like the little box room. I remember it as clear as anything, little box room in the house with my Cindy wallpaper, you know. Oh. I woke up in the middle of the night and just had this feeling that there was someone there in the room. And so I sat up and at the end of the bottom of my bed, um, could see this lady sitting with her back to me. And she turned around and I went, Granny. And she, she just put her, her finger up to her lip as if to say, shh, yeah. okay. I looked at her and I, I just knew. I was like, Granny, are you dead? And she just kind of looked and then she was gone. And I thought, oh, wow. So I remember, I do remember, it's not a sense of fear at the time, but I remember kind of feeling, what the heck just happened? You know, what, what was that? And pulling the covers up under my head and going back to sleep. Yeah. And then the next morning I get up and walked out into the landing um, and met my mum in the landing because the phone was ringing downstairs, the old dial phone, you know, back in the 80s, <laughs> was ringing downstairs. And I said, mom, mom, Granny Mac's dead. And she went, oh no, love, she's not. Don't be worrying. And I said, no, she is. But just matter of fact, like, no, she was in my bedroom last night. She's dead. She told me. What? And mom was like, no, 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 sure, sure, sure. Don't be silly. So I followed downstairs and she answered the phone and it was my granny. So mom's mom, mm -hmm. um, to, to let her know that her mom had passed during the night. And I remember my mom's face <laughs> to this day, God love her, when she kind of is holding the receiver and I'm like standing by her leg, you know, and she just turned and looked at me with these wide eyes as if to say, how the heck did she know this? What is going on here? Um, so that's the first time that I remember. And that was back when I was, like I said, five years old. You know? And she has since told me stories from when I was younger of yeah. me kind of talking about certain family members and talking about things. And she's like, what is, where is this coming from? So it was always there with me, the mediumship side, it was always there. Yeah. Um, the psychic aspect of it, I kind of always knew that I was probably seen as a little bit weird by people you know a little bit weird by people and um, because I just had this knowing that you know and, I, and you don't realize when you're a child you don't realize that it's weird you know you yeah. don't realize that you're odd and and that people don't get you or people are I guess sometimes a little bit afraid of you as well yeah you're coming up with this, this thing that you know people are kind of looking at you like your two heads and I think so for me the psychic side of it I actually started using the psychic side of it when I was about 13 Okay. My granny was given a set of tarot cards she didn't she didn't use, she didn't want. And she asked me, did I want them? And I took them. And I still use those cards to this day. Um, so, yeah, so that was when I started to actually consciously look at the psychic aspect, you know, and learn a bit more about that. Um, but I think it's a shame that as, as a child, I learned very quickly not to talk about all of this. Yeah. And that's probably where some of my, my hesitance comes in opening up in this type of capacity as well. Yeah. But it's kind of like what we, me and you were talking about earlier, like with the self-awareness, you know, it's good that you are even aware of that aspect of yourself. It's almost like that shadow work that you do. It's mm. good you're like aware, you know, that this is why, why you might be hesitant to do stuff like what you're doing today. And maybe hesitant to shout it from the rooftops about the work that you do. But I think that's quite endearing about you too. You know, it's kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it. I just think it's nice you're like humbled about it rather than someone, you know, I think, people be hesitant more about people who are on social media saying like you know like half price readings now and stuff like that like 
where they're just trying to sell, sell, sell. And I think that's kind of an endearing aspect of it all for you. But um and I, you know, I, I get that to a degree because there's a there's a need for this type of work to be known. There's yeah. there's a need for people to know how they can reach you and, and that you're available and that that this type of like mediumship is going on, you know, there's psychic work is available, but it's trying to get that balance between kind of spamming the life out of <laughs> out of social media and knowing that you know people know that you're available. No, exactly. So as well, you were saying there about um, how it mostly happened when you were a child and I think like all of these programs and things that I was talking to you about before that I've watched like that surviving day um, where they, they talk about the children who have like their past lives and things like that and I think like I think it's funny because even on like TikTok and things I don't know if you've been on TikTok but um, I come across videos where people say like this freaky thing that my son just came out with or you know he's like four years old and I think whenever I'm watching them videos like the child's so not afraid like you've said I think like the whole fear that we build up around like mediumship and psychic is kind of like developed as we get older and we hear like people shaming it and things like that um because I know like when I was first going I was so afraid because I'd heard like oh like I think particularly in Northern Ireland because you know there's strong religious roots and I just remember hearing like you know that's devil work and that's you know you might die because if you do that you're impacting the devil into your life and all this year and I was just like oh my god what the hell but <laughs> I just think it's so good to actually be open to it and to educate yourself a bit more about stuff like this if you're not if anybody listening doesn't really get it that isn't really into stuff like this to just open your mind up to it and like watch youtube videos or read books about it or something so you'll find that it's not as devilish as people make it as people make it out you know yeah that, that is a huge thing and, and I think particularly with Northern Ireland as you say mm-hmm. um, and for me I, I grew up going to a Presbyterian church you know and so you can imagine that you know how quickly I learned not to talk about what I was experiencing <laughs> because it did not resonate with you know the the GB leaders the the people who were running the the and I mean I was at that church like three or four nights a week you know with different different activities so yeah I, that's part of why I learned very quickly that oh you don't talk about this you don't do this you know um but yet it just didn't make sense to me because I knew I wasn't afraid of it I knew that this was the truth and my truth I knew that this was real mm-hmm. to me so it just did not I just couldn't you know couldn't, couldn't tally up for me um but yeah there's still a lot of fear out there there's still a lot of um misconceptions a lot of myths and and you know just some of them are really really quite silly when you break them down um but i think i think it seems to be becoming and probably through the likes of of that surviving death program and other and other kind of outlets it some of that is being broken down now Mm -hmm. thankfully yeah Um, and yeah so yeah there's there's really nothing to fear with it i think it's amazing because i fully believe now that like i think it kind of goes the other way I think we're a bit naive to think that it's just us on the earth and that's it you know um that people die and they're dead and that's it because I'm like we're literally on a massive ball in the middle of a galaxy with no explanation really as to why like do you know what I mean like there's weirder things that have happened than a spirit still being here that you know after they pass and after they're clinically dead so I just think it's it's good to kind of like be a bit open-minded to that even if you are someone who's really scientific or who's really religious like if you're believing in science that someone has come up with and there's facts and there's data far enough if you're believing in god because you've been brought up that way and you really have faith 
fair enough, but why not try believing something else? Do you know what I mean? Why not try just look into it a bit more and educate yourself a bit more? And as you said earlier, there's actually science that is now starting to back this sort of work too, which I'm so interested in. I'm going to go and look it up probably after this night because I believe in it already. So I'm like, yes, I want to see the, like the data around it too, do you know? There's a, there's a good um, researcher, Julie Baishaw, and her, I believe it's now called the Windbridge Institute. Okay. Um, it's not the Windbridge Institute, it'll be the Windbridge Project, but she's done years of research into mediums and mediumship and, and so on. And, and this lady was, before she started doing this, um, she was responsible for setting up uh, like chemical tests, clinical, clinical scientific tests. So that's the background that she comes from. Yeah. Um, but through her own experience, and she, when she had a reading, she was baffled as to how this person could know so much, and that's what sparked her interest. And so she has created this whole kind of scientific gathering of people who are looking into it. And I so some of her research is really interesting. So you can check her out. Yeah. Institute. Um, it's, uh, I'll have to look into that. I love that. Um, as well, there was one way thing I remember. Now I'm kind of doping myself, but I think it was you that said, um, when I first asked you, like, how you started to get into this, you said something about, like, something to do with your brain or something or that you were like I can't remember what it was if you were getting like bits or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so the mediumship awareness or ability was always there mm-hmm. the psychic awareness or ability I became interested in at 13 and actually learned the tarot cards and and kind of thought wow this really resonates with me this is fab it's really interesting but at that stage in my life I had no desire, <laughs> no interest whatsoever in taking that any further. It, for me, it was just something that happened and that's okay. You know, that's just how I am. And then when I was in my 20s, I became really ill with epilepsy oh, yeah. and they could not get it under control. There were several medications, like six or seven medications and it wasn't working. Nothing was bringing this under control. And so they were going to operate. They were going to do brain surgery. So I have a cyst on my right temporal lobe. Um, and they think that that was the bit that was causing the seizures. All right, so they were going to operate on that. So I was all for it because I thought by this stage I'd lost my job. You know, I couldn't work. I was I was having like six or seven seizures a week and was I had no life, no quality of life. So I thought, okay, if this is going to help me, let's go for it. And my mom went for a reading, and this was like six weeks before my pre-surgical consultation. Okay, in London. So six weeks before we were going to finalize, right, you'll come in on this date, you'll have the surgery, this is how it's going to go. My mum went for a reading and the medium told her, your daughter doesn't need that surgery. And mum said, oh no, she's really sick. She does. And he says, no, she doesn't. Because your daughter's a medium, isn't she? And mum was kind of like, well, I don't, I mean, she sees this for her world. And he says, no, she's a medium. He says, when she starts doing what she's here for, when she starts using her abilities, those seizures will, will stop, they'll, they'll ease off. So mom came home like full veins. Michelle, you don't need the surgery. You, this guy has told you blah, 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 blah. And I am, and still to this day, I always try and balance out the, the healthy dose of skepticism within me with the evidence, okay? So I'm not coming from like a, an airy-fairy place of, you know, oh, every, everything's like, you just believe everything. I question my quiz constantly, okay? Um, so when, when she came home and told me this, I was like, really? Like, come on, you know, come on. So I thought, right, I'll begin. I'll go and see him. We'll see what he says. So I went along to see him and he told me the same thing. Now, he didn't use mediumship with me. He used the tarot cards. So I was reading the, the tarot cards as he was reading them. Do you know? <laughs> like, okay, well, I can see where that could mean that. And yeah, maybe maybe that could mean that. But still quite sceptical whenever I left. 
but hopeful because I mean who wants brain surgery right so I came out and spoke to my husband about it and he was kind of like eh, I don't know you know I really don't know it's it's not entirely up to you so I went along to the appointment in London anyway and was all kind of hooked up this so this was six weeks later I was in London right all hooked up to an EEG and um, video telemetry monitor and they had planned to take me completely off my medication to induce more seizures so that they knew exactly what was happening and exactly where they needed to target in the brain. But the, the times before when I had been over, they hadn't taken me down off my medication that allowed me to stay on it. Mm-hmm. And in the six weeks that I saw that guy, that medium, till the day that I went to London, I had no seizures. None. Wow. Not one. Absolutely none. So I was really reluctant then for them to drop my meds to zero and like that's going to induce seizures you know I'm like oh geez here I have this dilemma here and so I'm sat there all wired up and being video constantly on this video telemetry um and the next thing my two great grannies pop up from the spirit world okay so my first reaction is uh-oh are they going to be able to see this on this monitor like are they going to know that there's something weird going on in my brain here what is you know how do I do this um, and I'm kind of looking at them out of the set corner of my eye going, Shh, don't, don't, what are you doing? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and both of them were like, you need to go home. You don't need this. You're all right, though. You'll be fine. And I was like, oh, my God. So I was writing out this kind of pros and cons list of like, do I stay? Do I go? But what, what do I do here? And when they came in, I kind of thought, OK, do you know what? I'm going to trust this. I'm going to go for it. So because the evidence then so far, six weeks with no seizures whatsoever. Okay, yeah. So that was pretty strong evidence for me, given how many I've been having. So I made the decision to come home. And I spoke to the consultant and um, I'd also actually, I'd had a, a session of Reiki too, a couple of weeks after I'd seen the medium. Um, so I spoke to the consultant and at that stage, I was kind of still, let's call it in the closet with yeah. the medium thing, right? So I wasn't telling this brain surgeon that I had my two dead great grannies had come through and told me, I don't need this, so I'm going home. You know, <laughs> I thought, okay, he'll be referring me to the psych ward, never mind. Oh. Um, so I, what I said to him was like, I haven't had a seizure in six weeks. I'm reluctant to drop this medication and I know it's going to induce seizures. What if, you know, what if I don't need this anymore? So he was quite shocked because I'd been so adamant that I wanted the surgery. I wanted my life back, you know? And he said, but you're not burning any bridges, you know, go home. If anything happens, you need this, you can come back. I was like, right, okay. So I'd taken part in a research project um, on the lead up to the surgery and the research psychologist was due to come and see me the next day. So I was able to see her before I got the flight home. And, And I told her, I said, look, I don't know, this is what's happened. You know, I haven't had a seizure in six weeks. Um, I had, I didn't tell her about the mediumship because I, I wasn't out, I was too scared to. Okay. So I told her about the Reiki and she said, wow, that's so cool. We have a Reiki ward here. And I was like, what? They were doing research with homeopathy, with aromatherapy. And I was like, why would you not tell people that you do this instead of like cutting their skull open? Why would you not offer someone that I like, totally would have been up for that? So it kind of taught me a bit of a lesson I think, um, you know, maybe not to be so in the closet about all of this, all of this stuff and that it was actually okay to talk about it because the scientific community is starting to catch up a little bit now. Um, but when I came home, I thought, right, I better do something with this then. Let me see, you know, where do I start? How do I do this? And so I was, a friend referred her friend to come and see me. And that was the first reading that I did that was kind of outside of my circle of friends or family. And I just loved it. I was just so, like, it, I, I spent two hours with her, you know, <laughs> that's like really bad, that's too long, I spent two hours with her because I couldn't get enough of, of her not being able to get enough, and it was just amazing, and that's where it all started, it just, oh, okay. it just grew from that, um, yeah, and here I am, 
That's I know I appreciate that so much. Thanks for sharing that. Um, because I know that's obviously not easy, you know, just because I know people can criticize and people might not believe and stuff, but I believe and I know there's so many other people that are listening that will believe that too. And as you said earlier, you don't feel like you need to defend your work anymore anyway. But I'm just listening to that being like, oh my God, like that's so amazing. I just can't even believe that. And I love hearing the stories of, you know, the people who get like they get these illnesses and things like that. And I know it's maybe not the same as yours because you had this ability that you weren't channeling enough and that's maybe part of you know why you weren't you weren't well. But you know, the people that kind of get to the medical side and they go into like you said Reiki and crystal healing meditation and all things like that a bit more holistic and that they actually are cured and there is so many cases of that out there if you go and look into it and I just think that's so amazing that there are actually other routes you know to go down other than just medicine sometimes mm-hmm. and just even be a wee bit open to that and give those things a try like you said before you go and get your brain surgery and stuff, you know. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Um, I am still on a, a, an epilepsy medication. You know, I am still on a dose of epilepsy medication. And I will have seizures occasionally, but it is, the triggers now are when I'm overworked. So yeah. when I do too much, take on too much, or if I get drunk. Oh. <laughs> it's going to be a bad idea. You know, where this was constantly, this was, yeah. there was no end to these, you know. So they're still there in the background. Yeah. Um, but not to the extent where I would be willing to have or would need brain surgery. That's mental. That's just so fascinating to me as well. Um, so then moving on, I know you spoke about there the mediumship and that you visually seen your great grannies and that that's how you work. But there, there's all different types of clairs. That's what I say, like the clairvoyant, clairsentient and things like that. So do you want to talk a wee bit more about the types of clairs? Because I think that's what people get um, like worked up about. Like what do they see? What do they hear? What do you stay in here or feel, you know, when you're doing your readings? Yeah. So yeah. So there's there's the clairsentience. So you would have clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. Okay. Clairaudience, which is clear hearing. Um, clairsentience, which is clear feeling. And then there's claircognizance, which is clear knowing. Okay. So they're kind of the four main ones that w- that um, mediumship would be. And I don't like the way that this is done, but mediumship would be broken down into that in some ways. When when people are in kind of development circles or trying to understand what faculty is is kind of most prominent for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I would have been, as a kid, definitely mostly clairvoyant. So clairvoyance would have been the the, um, most standout faculty for me. So I would literally see the spirit world just like your eye. Um, And that could be confusing at times because sometimes I didn't know whether they physically there or not. You know, it was that clear as as a kid. but what what will happen there's no sense in me it won't help be helpful for me to just see somebody yeah I just see somebody then I can describe them and where do I go from there yeah that's all the evidence or information so all of those senses all of those faculties actually work together to create the whole message or create the whole picture the whole story so where one will be more prominent absolutely the others are in there and they will back it up yeah and so and, and what tends to happen when people are developing their mediumship is that one will be prominent and they'll think, okay, this is how I work. This is, I know what I'm doing with this. This is how I go. And then the next thing that fades into the background and another sense comes forward. So for me at the minute, um, my clear audience is going through the roof at the minute. And that's, that's uncomfortable for me because um, I'm not used to hearing objectively outside of my mind, you know, people talking or people calling me. So I'm I'm still getting used to that bit. Um, And so it constantly evolves and constantly changes. Um, but just to, to break down an idea, so yes, clear, 
clairvoyance, clear seeing, that will happen either objectively, so outside of the mind or within the mind. So you okay. might just see in your mind's eye a person yeah. and be able to describe them. But for me, I see them standing in my kitchen or standing by your side or whatever, objectively. And so all of those senses can happen objectively or subjectively. Okay. Um, yeah, for me, a lot of people want clairvoyance. That seems to be when, you know, whenever I'm taking development circles or, um, or courses or whatever, a lot of people, I just want to see, I just want to see. Yeah. But it's really important that you know that feeling and knowing and hearing and being aware, you need all of those faculties. It's not going to help you just to see you know um so and and they will they'll kind of fade into the background another one will will be more prominent and so on and it's in a way i kind of feel like the more you get to know one aspect of your work the more the others need attention and so it's almost like to become a well-rounded medium to be able to deliver the whole package okay. you need to be able to tune into all of those senses yeah that's so amazing and like that makes sense to me because i kind of i don't know why i thought it was so limiting that it was what almost one or maybe just two of them I don't know what I had that in my head for but um yeah I thought it was just like you're either clairsentient or you're either clairvoyant but that's really nice to know that it's kind of like the full package um, yeah. I, I, think, I think a lot of people would um you know when they're describing themselves um there are a lot of mediums who will describe themselves as clairvoyant mm -hmm. and that's okay that's fine because that might be their main aspect or their main way that they experience the spirit world but in my experience sentience is probably the stronger faculty for me at the minute. I know they're working with their audience right now, though, which is kind of, like I said, a bit, mm, bit daunting yeah. for me that it's objective. Um, but sentience has been probably stronger as an adult now. And, and since I've actually actively been using my mediumship, yeah. that's probably my strongest sense. But the others are all still there. That's amazing. I love that. And I know, like, I just find it so crazy the first time. Like, I just, well, I feel like the first reading I had with you was actually life-changing. Like, I, because I just, had no awareness of any of this like no one in my family had been or anything like it was literally just a girl and Mark had talked about you and I was like I'm going to give it a go and I remember like throughout my whole life I've had such a strong connection with my granddad that passed away when I was maybe like seven um, and me and him were just like way best buds when I was younger like I was the pure golden child to him and like there was no way that you would have known that do you know what I mean like it's not I haven't put that anywhere or anything there's no way that you could have known that and that was the, like I was skeptical throughout the first half of the reading maybe and then you're like okay so there's someone coming through to me now and I was like I could feel my heart going away a bit and I was just like oh god like just what is it who's it going to be is it going to be Miranda and then you, you just went and just talked to your test first and he goes so he is talking about chest pains he died of cancer in his chest and you just said it's so straight like that's what you knew and then I just lost our crown because he died of lung cancer. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, and you were like, he's walking about here. He's walking about here. Like, come and sit down. And you were at one end of the couch and I was at the other end. And you were like patting the face in between us, like in the middle for him to come and sit down. And I remember being like, oh my God, what the hell? Like, I was so freaked out because I was like, how is he here? Do you know what I mean? I just couldn't understand that. But then there was something else you said was, so you said about him walking around and like what he was wearing almost. And what he looked like a wee bit and described him and then you said that he was singing that Irish traditional song Grace and like I like that's when I just continued to flood and cry because I was like he always used to sing that to me when I was younger and it's funny because I used to hate it like I used to put my fingers in my ears and be like shut up and like stop singing that and like even his son like my uncle and all they all used to sing it to me and I hated it so it was almost like a joke like or something for that coming through 
but like I went away and there's so many times I've thought back to this being like if anybody knows that song and knows my name is Grace then surely you know they could just link to that and all this here but then the second time that I come to see you like before we even got into any of the other readings the first thing you said was about my father coming through again and that he was singing the first thing you said again was that he was singing this Irish traditional song Grace and I was just like oh he's here like <laughs> do you know what I mean I was like he's here she can hear him she can see him and I was like you know there's just no other there's no other way and there's so many other things that like you said that was spot on that are a bit more personal you know I'll not really get into it but there was just no way that you were wrong do you know what I mean and I think that was for me like I was so sure about walking away then and I'm just like I I was just quick like I said to you I was like I want to come back next week like <laughs> I want to come back next month because I was like there's no way that this is wrong you know and I just wanted to know more and get into it more because I just probably believed and knew that he was there but touching on that with my first experience there's actually something I <laughs> didn't tell you so I was so skeptical that I basically like deceived you or something or like tricked you <laughs> when I was first coming so okay. I'm talking to all my friends about this and they're like but how do they know surely they just look you up on Facebook surely look you up on like Instagram and Twitter and can find out stuff about you and I was like very well I'm not giving her my real name so the only real thing I did about, about me to you was that my first name was Grace. And then I made up a surname. And then I went to the lengths of making up a fake email address for this, making up a fake PayPal, make it like paying through one of my friends' cards instead of mine, because you could even say that. I know you probably couldn't even say the cards, but I was like, I'm not cutting any corners here. Like, I just like, <laughs> I'm not letting her find out anything about me. But like, you literally told me everything like within the first half an hour of me being there. Like, you knew so much. And I was just like, nah, like, this is real. Do you know what I mean? I was like, I've proved it there. Yeah, well, that's a great exper experiment that you went to some extreme lengths to kind of, <laughs> to kind of pull off. But I'm glad, happens. I'm glad that you did that, you know, and I, I do seem to attract a lot of skeptical, I'm careful what I'm putting out there to the universe, but <laughs> I do seem to attract a lot of people who are skeptical yeah. and a lot of people who have never been for readings before. Yeah. And I am more than willing to work with that, absolutely, because it opens up um that's that's someone else and now the amount of people you've told who are now aware actually you know there is something to this this is real this this is possible who, who would not otherwise have known that or or even thought about having that um but what i won't entertain is a cynic yeah i know so I there's some people that just never never believe and they'll never give it a chance yeah and there's a huge like that in my life so the, the way you've come with all that like kind of armor behind you is so, right she doesn't know I'm starting she does it that's brilliant I love that and if it's okay I might tell other people about that well yeah it's going to be on this podcast anyway but um I just find that brilliant that's hilarious um, but and, and as you say even with that there's personal details there's the personality of your granddad like he was joking and singing that song to you because he knows you hate it you know yeah. he was coming through with memories that that you two had shared together he was I was able to describe him you know um yeah. so there are things that you don't put on Instagram you don't put on Facebook you don't put on you know you, you couldn't google that about you um and and I I just love that, that that's brilliant <laughs> I just find that really funny I was going to tell you when I was texting you the other day and then I was like no I'm just gonna wait and reveal it all on the podcast but um, I was so afraid because I really didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I was also afraid of coming in and you being like, I know you've been lying to me because I don't know what you knew. You don't mean I was afraid of coming in and you being like, you've given me a fake name. Like, you've given me a fake name. You know, I was like, what's she going to say? I was freaking out. But I was like, okay, she's good. But she's not that good. She didn't know I'd give her a fake name. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think um, on, on that note, you know, on that note about you saying, you know, like, what does she know before I get there? Like, what is, you know, for me, whenever I'm preparing for my readings for the day, I might have four or five people in back to back. You know, I don't have time to like go and research. I, I have no inclination toward it, but I don't have time either to go sit and go and research who's coming to see me. I literally book you in and that's it. I forget about it until you're face to face with me. Yeah. But what I do um, is prepare for my work that day. So I will meditate. I will spend some time in a lot of quiet, you know, out in nature, in silence um, and, and get into that zone where I'm in that slightly altered state of awareness and able to receive what's coming through. And that's the thing I think that um, there's a bit of a misconception about with mediumship and psychic work. It's not about striving to get, get, get information or get, get, get evidence. It's about receiving what is naturally there and what you're naturally made aware of. So that's what happens. So yeah, I wouldn't have had, um, and I honestly, I wouldn't have wanted to know that you had kind of made up a fake name. All that. It wouldn't have made any difference to me at all. It wouldn't have offended me. You know, it wouldn't have um, altered your reading because I'm just the medium. I'm just the, the, the vehicle for that information to be delivered to you. So that doesn't, it's kind of, you need to, like as a medium or a psychic, we need to take ourselves out of it and just let the yeah. process happen. No, exactly. I think that's so, like you've mentioned that before, because there's times we've been speaking about something in my reading and I ask you something a bit more in depth about it then. And it doesn't have to happen often. Like I said, like I normally just let you talk. I don't really talk much. Um, but yeah, like you said, like there's times I was like, but if you knew that this was going to happen and this was bad, would you tell me? And you were like, like, I don't know you that well. Like, I don't have a reason to hide things from you or not tell you. Like if I get the facts through, then who am I to not pass that message on, you know, that way. So I think that's what I appreciated too, because I almost was like, as much as I'm open-minded to this stuff too, it's like that element of trust as well. I was like, what if she can say something else that she's not telling me? You know, <laughs> like that's what I was thinking too. But you were like, if I get the message, like I'm going to pass it on, you know, that sort of way. So I like really appreciated that as well. I'm actually shaking, like sitting doing this here with you. I don't know why. I just don't know. It's like all energy building up or something. So <laughs> You start levitating, we'll, we'll get worried. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, before I went as well, like I was talking to like my granny about this and like everybody was so skeptical until I had went and then I told you what, you know, what or told them what you had told me and they were kind of a bit like, oh, right, okay. Like, you know, this is weird. <laughs> you know, they were like, how, how could you know that? But um, I remember speaking to one of my grannies before and she told me about like her, I think it was my auntie and them and went when they were younger to see a medium or a psychic and that one of the girls went and she was like no come back to me next week I can't read you like come back to me next week and then that she went home and like died during that week or like got hit by a bus or something or hit by a car I can't remember what it was but like you always hear those sort of stories I know every time I tell people about this there's always that one person that goes oh no I'd be too afraid to go in case they told me that they couldn't read me because that means you're going to die so <laughs> what like what sort of way would you deal with that then like how would you give anybody advice like are you going to die if you come in and you can't read them? Um, no, most definitely yeah. not. Yeah, no. Um, so just, just backtracking a little bit when you said about if I hear something bad or if I'm aware of stuff that I don't tell you. So there, what happens is because I don't have, what I'm giving you, the, the, the information, the evidence that's coming through to me is completely objective for me. So I don't know 
you. I don't know your life. I, I'm not invested in any outcomes because of that. And that might sound cold, but it's not. It's I'm in a, a slightly altered state of awareness. Yeah. So I'm just receiving it and, and giving it through in, in a way, in the most compassionate and delicate way that I can. But what? how am I to judge what is bad news for someone and what is good news? And I'll give you an example. If someone came to me who was in a marriage, which was horrendous, you know, where there was domestic violence, there was, you know, all sorts of stuff going on, but they wouldn't leave that person because their mum and dad who are, in, who are in the spirit world were very religious and wouldn't want divorce, you know? If that person comes to me and I'm seeing all of these things and their mum or dad is saying, you know, it's okay to come out of that relationship, you know, you, you'll be much happier on your own. I might see, as I'm getting to the mission, gosh, you know, there's horrible stuff going on in their marriage here, you know, I, I think, or, or I might not even see that. I might say, God, they're getting divorced. They're yeah. getting divorced, you know? If I didn't say that, that person would walk back into an abusive marriage, an abusive relationship and stay there for the rest of their life. Yeah. Another one, um, surgery. Now, I, I don't know if it's because of my own personal experience with the whole brain surgery and getting to that point and so on, but I do tend to get a lot of medical stuff during readings. Um, and there are schools of thought that would say that it's completely wrong to talk about that, that you should not talk about that. For me, I work for the spirit world. I completely trust the spirit world. And if the spirit world are giving me something that needs said, I will say it. So say someone came to me and I'm seeing them having spinal surgery. You know, I'm like, I see these rods going into your back. I feel that you, you know, I am seeing that you're going to have to go through a lot of physio after this and so on. And I'm thinking in my head, my God, this is awful. This is terrible. What, what is going on here? But that person has been waiting for three years for surgery for scoliosis. And this is the best news ever for them. This is going to happen. I'm going to go through this. I'm going to be walking again. You know, everything's going to be fine. So it's, it's less about scary things coming through or, or what if it's bad news than well, what is bad news for someone? Yeah. And what isn't, you know? Yeah, no, actually, that's so nice. I've never thought of it that way. Like, because there's things I asked you about, like, I don't know, like about my uni and about like my relationship and stuff like that. And I was like, can she say X, Y, and Z? And she not telling me. And you kind of briefly explained it that way. But now that you put it in those terms, like, what if you needed to hear that? What that message? What might seem negative to you, but like a life saving thing for someone else? Do you know what I mean? So that actually makes it sound so much better. Like you, you can't really determine what's bad for someone. You know, in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, and that was one of the questions that someone put through. I've actually got that down to ask later and that's it. But yeah, I actually think that's a really nice thing about it. Um, but then, yeah, back on the, if you can't read someone then, does that mean they're going to die? Like, <laughs> what? No, most definitely not. So okay. there are numerous reasons why a reading might not work. Okay. And one, like first and foremost, what we have to remember is that this is a mystical experience that you're having. You know, this is, there's so much about this that we do not understand yet and that we won't, you know, it, despite the, the consistency that happens with mediumship and psychic readings and the abilities that are there and the fact that, yeah, 99.9% of the time this works and it works really well, there is that, that room for something not working and us not understanding why, okay? Um, the first time it happened to me, I was devastated. I thought, oh my goodness, I've lost my mojo. I can't do this anymore. What is going oh. on? You know? And the girl was so lovely. And she was like, I don't, I, none of this is making sense to me. I'm really sorry. And I was like, wow, what's going on? What's going on? So inside I'm like, you know, like a swan that's gliding across the water for her being dead professional, but underneath my feet are going, oh my God. And I said, you're like, try not to worry, you know, come back and see me again and we'll see what happens. And I was devastated. I thought, what the heck happened there? And um, she came back like six weeks later and the ring was fine. Everything made perfect sense to her. So 
what was going on that day, I don't know. Was it that I'd already done my limit of readings for the day and was just so exhausted that I couldn't connect with her? Um, was it that had she received that information on that day, it wouldn't have meant as much to her as it did six weeks later? Okay. Um, you know, there are numerous reasons why that might happen. One thing, and I, I know I sent through this very rudimentary diagram to you earlier before we kind of um, started this on, on the Juhari window. Yeah. And it's about self-awareness, basically. Okay, so there's there's this part, and, and listeners can Google this afterward and have a look at it because it must be much easier than, than us trying to really explain it fully. But there's part of us that is known to us and known to others. Okay, so that's like the open square in the window. That's what everybody can easily see and is easily aware of. So you and others are aware of. So for example, your name is Grace. Yeah. Right. Then there's the hidden part, which is known to you, but not known to everybody else. Um, so say, for example, you love watching Selling Sunset. That's your guilty pleasure, but you don't tell anyone. Right? Okay. <laughs> That's known to you, but not known to others. Okay. Then you have the blind spot. That's the bit that is not known to you, but other people can see very clearly. Okay. Wow. So, for example, if you have a tail when you lie. Right, you don't know what that tell is, but other people know. Other people will see that mm. during a reading. If you hit on that blind spot with someone, they'll be like, "No, that doesn't make any sense to me. No, I don't know that. No, it doesn't make sense." But it do, it is true. Right. Just because they aren't aware of it doesn't mean that it's not true. Okay, so there's that aspect of it too, where people can't recognize what's of themselves. People aren't in tune enough with themselves or don't know their soul well enough to know that that is actually a reality for them. And then the fourth window is the unknown. So it's not known to you, but it's also not known to others, everyday people around you in your life. Those bits, a psychic and a medium will know. Right. They're the bits that come from that collective unconscious that that are that we receive that evidence of that information that you might not know, but also those around you don't know that yet. Okay, yeah. you know? And so sometimes people, um, Sometimes there is a, a lack of wanting to know those things with people and therefore they, they'll come out and say, that was all rubbish, didn't work, nope, didn't make any sense to me at all, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's often not that the person can't be read. It's often that there are parts that are being shown up that they just aren't willing to or aware of and um, connecting with yet. Right. And that's yeah. tough. That, that is hard to deal with. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I never even thought of it that way, but the, the way you're talking about as the consciousness on awareness like that actually makes so much sense like even I just know some of the way things that like my family members do that if I call them out on or even my boyfriend and they're like no I don't and I'm like yeah. yes I do and they're like no I don't so like if they were to go to you and you mentioned that then they might go that was a load of shit like yeah. she didn't know what she was talking about but it's because they aren't actually conscious and aware enough of themselves that they might shut you off that way yeah and you know and that's not a criticism of people because yeah. You know, if you, it happens in our everyday life, there are blind spots, there are bits of us that we don't know, there's bits of me that I'm not aware of, you yeah. know, um, but when you're, and then you add to the, you add to that the pressure of sitting in front of a complete stranger who is pointing out these things to you and you might already be really apprehensive about yeah. what's going to be Yeah, you might already be thinking, oh, I don't know about all of this. And then I'm touching on points that you don't know about yourself yet. Like you can see why that happens. So there are numerous reasons. It does not mean you're going to die. Okay. <laughs> no that makes so much sense um so another thing so obviously you've said now that you get like a bit of all the senses all the clairs that come through to you but what is it that you would actually see or hear like say I was sat with you now doing a reading would you physically be able to see like if you you talk about spirits to come through 
would you physically be able to see someone here behind me or beside me and would you be able to hear their their voice or you know what way does that work for you so that varies um for me that varies and it, it seems to depend on what's easier for the spirit person to get across to me so because you know the the spirit world that we're working with that those are people you know, and they have their own personalities and their own strengths and their own strengths in communicating. Um, and so if they find a way that's easier for me to recognize or understand, then they'll use that way. So some days I will, or with some spirit people, I will see them very clearly and I'll see their appearance. Um, with others, I won't see them at all, but I will feel everything. So I will have the feeling of an older gentleman. You know, I will feel like I want to hunch my shoulders over a little bit because that's how he was. You know, I'll feel cancer in my chest. I will be aware of that. Um, other times I will hear, um, I have to be honest with you, something that I'm working on with my mediumship is names. It's something I'm not great at. It's not a strong point of mine, mm -hmm. but there will be times when I will hear a name. Yeah. You know, and I'll say, okay, so there's Mary here. Yeah. And, and by the way, in, in Ireland and in Northern Ireland, Mary, everybody has a Mary. So that's a name yeah. that I don't like to work with <laughs> when it does come through because it's like, oh, who doesn't have a Mary in the spirit world, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but that might be quickly followed then by the feeling of this was your granny. Yeah. you know and here's now I can see her and she looks like this so it just depends on the spirit person and what they find the easiest way to get across to me the information and the the evidence that they need to talk about and it's not and that's a thing as well that that is slight slight misconception of mediumship it's not about so much the sitter the person who's coming for the reading um that obviously there's a need in you when you come for reading you want to hear from certain people you want to connect from with certain people but you have to remember that those spirit people they might know that they only have two or three minutes maybe seven minutes ten minutes to get across to you what's been happening with them that they see what's going on in your life they're really excited to connect Aww. so they often come with the with their needs um and and for me as a medium that's who I work for I work for them so if I can get across what they need to tell you and how they want to connect with you job done yeah no that's amazing and I remember you talking about names there so I know I had said to you before about a different um psychic medium that I had gone to see and why I didn't really feel that that worked for me but now I know that you're saying about the blind spot and stuff like that I mean I could take some ownership in that too there was probably things that I was maybe unaware of too but um also, another thing with her was that she was like throwing out names to me, like like you said, like Mary. There was like a Mary. There was an Elizabeth. There was a there was I mean probably about ten names that were all names that everybody would know someone if you know what I mean. But I didn't. So like I was being like, no, I don't have a Mary. No, I don't have an Elizabeth. No, I don't have a whatever else it was. And then she was like, is there a Peggy? And I was like, no. And then she was like ask your granny who Rita is and I was like right but then she didn't give me any information about the Rita so I was like well why would I ask my granny who Rita is when I'm not going to tell her do you know what I mean so for me I that's I think maybe that's when my reading with her started to go a bit south because I was like right well what's the point in this do you know what I mean and I think that's really probably better with you because you're holding up your hand there saying like I'm not great with names yet so I don't just throw out the names which I think was maybe she, what she was trying to do on grass something I don't know I don't know what she was saying or hearing or anything but I think that's what I probably preferred about going to you and I think that's important as well to people who are considering going to mediums or who have been to one and maybe didn't like it that maybe one person's reading isn't going to sit right with you but that doesn't mean the whole of mediumship and psychics is just not going to work for you and that you should just give it a try or you know try someone else again and like you said that one reading with the first girl that you ever experienced that you couldn't read properly like she came back six weeks later and you know got an amazing reading so 
like just stuff like that it's to help you open your mind a bit that way yeah and I think just on, on the point you were saying about names there it, it kind of goes both ways there so I did a reading not so long ago um for a lady and the spirit person who connected it was all about whenever he was coming through it was all about his personality it was all about memories that they had had together it was all about it was lovely in my eyes I thought wow this is lovely it's a beautiful beautiful connection and then but he didn't give me his name wow. he, he shared all his memories and at the end of the reading she said to me well if that was who I think it was and I thought what did I not do and I thought there you know what yeah. did he not get across to you and it was solely because he didn't tell me his name yeah so she couldn't believe what it was him well I think with the evidence that was coming through it was pretty undeniable there were very personal memories shared and she was crying and you know it was I thought it was a beautiful connection but that wee glimmer of doubt was still there for her because I didn't tell her his name and I think there, there needs to be as you say more open-mindedness as to what actually occurs during a reading it's not a checklist it's not a right if they mention this then I know that that's them you know and I know on that you mentioned that surviving death program and I know there was a guy who kept testing and testing and testing and yeah. testing mediums with with different things and sometimes yes it does work you know but other times if that's for a person has a need to get evidence information connection across you they still love you yeah. it's that you know they have all of those feelings towards you that they want to share this magical mystical experience with you yeah. and if all you're fixated on is well, they need to talk about me getting my hair cut or it's not them. Yeah. You're really messing out. You're really yeah, you're almost like messing with the spirit world, like if you're trying to test them. Yeah, and, and like I said, sometimes, yes, if they have time and they feel like it's appropriate to mention your hair, they'll do it, you yeah. know, they'll, they'll work with you and if, if that's going to be a case, but it's not always the case, you know? Yeah, of course. No, I think that's so amazing though. Like, I'm just fascinated by everything you're saying here. So if I'm, if you ever think I'm like space out when I'm talking to you here, it's because I'm just like... <gasps> Oh my god like <laughs> <really>? <laughs> in one of my readings you said that you asked me have I had experience you were like you've had your own sort of experience with like psychic abilities and stuff like that and I kind of like it was like my stomach dropped it was like you know as you saying earlier like you were closeted or something that's what I almost felt like with when you said that to me because I was like oh fuck like here we go because I haven't really talked openly about this to a lot of people either but I'm not saying that I'm a psychic or medium or anything, but I'm just saying I've had weird, unexplained, unexplainable situations before that have happened and that I don't really understand. So I want to talk to you about one of them to say, can you like explain it a little bit? Because obviously, like you said, you don't really know what's happening when it's happening to you, you know, unless you're open-minded or you're aware of it. But I can remember this was maybe when I was about like 17 or 18, I was in school still and I was going to bed one night and so many people have told me, oh, this is like, what do you call that sleep thing? Pop. What is it? Paralysis? Yeah, paralysis. So many people have said to me, oh, it was probably sleep paralysis or it was probably hallucinating or whatever. But I mean, like, I was asleep and I woke up from hearing a noise in my room and it sounded like a bag moving across the floor. And what often had happened in my room was that I would just throw my bag down on the floor and it sounded almost as if the door was opening and had touched the bag. So that's what the noise that woke me up. So I woke up and was like, oh, like opening my eyes and who is that? Because I could see someone standing at my door. So I was like, who is that? And they weren't answering. And I was like half asleep, half awake. Well, it wasn't really, I was waking enough, but it was like annoyed because someone had woke me up in the middle of the night and like weren't saying who they were. So I was like, who is that? And then I was like, oh, opening my eyes wide then. And I could just see a person standing there. And it was like just a black sort of, shadowy kind of figure like it was like nothing I'd never seen before it wasn't like a, an actual person 
like I couldn't determine who the war was to look like really, but it's just like the shadowy sort of figure person standing there with the door open and they were holding like this book that was almost like a scripture or a scribe or something it had like some weird Celtic like cross thing on the front of it and they were just going like this like obviously the people listening can't see me but they were just turning about round in like a clockwise motion like it wasn't they weren't bringing any fear to me or anything but I was afraid do you know what I mean like they weren't coming across scary or doing anything wrong but I was just like oh my god and I just freaked and I grabbed something from beside my bed and threw it like threw it at them because I was so afraid because I thought it was going to be someone from my family. I didn't know what the hell this was or who it was or what they were holding or anything. And my heart was going empty and I just threw something at them and then grabbed my phone and turned the flash on on my phone to point it to them to see who it was. But the door was closed and nobody was there. And then I just started crying my eyes out because I was petrified then. I was just like, what the hell was that? And like the next morning, I can remember waking up and like seeing my mom in the kitchen being like, did you not hear me crying last night? And she's like, yeah, what was wrong with you? And I was like, how did you not come down? I was like, fearing for my life. Like, I was afraid to get up and go near the door and get out of the room. I was afraid. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't even go to try and see. So I just sat there crying for like two hours. It's like, no, I thought you were all right. Like, and I was like, oh my God, like, you're traumatized. But like, what would that have been? Do you think? Like, do you know what I mean? Would that have been a spirit or something? Like, I really have no explanation for it, but it was something that I've been meaning to ask you. Yeah, so it, it just sounds like a, a spirit person visited. So um, the the context of it as well, you know, with the holding up with something with the Celtic cross on the front and the book and trying to get your attention with that, you know, could well be like, it could well be that it's either been a relative who was really into, you know, their own spiritual life, their own religious life in some way back in the day. It could be that um, it's someone trying to get your attention to say, focus on your spirituality now. You know, like that's the main focus. That's the main bit you remember is that they were, moving a book around and around the clockwise direction getting your attention with this so it could have been a hey I'll help you with your spiritual work you know um the reason I think why it happens so often in the middle of the night is because and, it, and you'll hear people saying just as I was going over to sleep or just as I woke up you know but at that stage in in your consciousness you're it's I imagine almost like a tilt switch in the brain right and so when we're awake and alert during the day our conscious mind is the bit that is is doing all the focus is doing all the work and that unconscious or that that collective unconscious where that connection to the spirit world happens it's almost like that's on the back burner like that's switched off a little bit but whenever you are sleeping so when you're going over to sleep or you're coming out of your sleep that tilt switch hasn't fully tilted back yet to the conscious mind so it's easier it's easier for the spirit world to be seen acknowledged heard whatever when you're in one of those stages I think, you know, that's only from my own experience, my own kind of understanding of it. Um, and also, I think that that's why a lot of people will have visitation dreams too. So whenever you are in that that unconscious state as such, um, that dream state, then it's much easier for them to connect with that part of you because yeah. they know that your conscious mind isn't going to be afraid, isn't going to get in the way, isn't going to shoot and poo-poo itself, that's nonsense, you know. Um, uh-huh that it's easier to connect in some way so it's nothing to be afraid of absolutely yeah. no I felt so afraid but I think now looking back on it I'm not as afraid because I know a lot more now at that point I knew nothing do you know what I mean and I had had like you said dreams like I have had dreams of basically like every person I know that has died I've had a dream of them and I don't know whether that's because I'm thinking about them or whatever but the more you say about that the more like or the more I've got through this like spiritual kind of enlightenment I call it and um, the more I'm aware of the messages that come through with them in dreams almost 
like people I know that have died on like the, the way that they sent themselves in my dream or something like that, or the things that they say, like I'm okay, or that they were sick in the dream, but they're saying I'm better now and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And it's like sometimes the people that I don't even have a connection with, people that I just know that have died when they've come up in my dream. And I used to get so freaked out about it. And I'm even like shaking here now saying it because I don't really tell people about stuff like this because as you said, I know people don't believe it and stuff like that. But this is just my truth, do you know what I mean? And like that I had dreams with messages before from when I was younger, like before any of this too, like before I even had that kind of spirit hesitation, I don't know what it was. Um, but I remember having a dream like my mommy had a wee baby that passed away like just after me whenever I was born I can't remember it or anything but you know I knew and I had a dream that like this girl came to my door and knocked the door and said I'm your sister and I brought her in and I said we've been waiting for you and like brought her into the house and I had like me and my other sister's room and then but like I didn't know if it was a baby girl or a boy so I didn't know but in the dream it was like I knew that that was her and then I brought him in and was like, this is your room that we've been waiting for you. And I don't know, this also scared me because I think I was only maybe about 12 at this time. But when I took her into her bedroom then, I seen like a, almost like a projection of, you know, like Mary, like St. Mary, um, Our Lady, like on her wall, crying blood. And there's so many connections with Our Lady, crying blood and symbolism and stuff like that as well. But I remember seeing that in her room, like in the dream. And then I woke up and like everywhere in my room, I could see Our Lady then like in the center of my vision and I started to panic as well too because I was just a child and was scared and then I woke my sister up because we shared around at the same time and she was just like what 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 but like when we turned the lights on everything it was gone but I can remember being so freaked and I was actually going to Lourdes which is like the place where Our Lady appeared to um, Bernadette I was due to go like four months later or something and I remember going to my granny's, like, crying about it, being like, I don't want to go to Lourdes, so I am too scared. Like, but she was like, no, no, it's nothing to be afraid of. And she was like, I've seen our lady when I was younger too. And my mum said she'd seen her too when she was younger, like, in her room. And um, so, like, there's just that weird connection. I don't know why that's, like, a family thing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I remember my granny just saying to me, like, just say a wee prayer and say that, you know, you appreciated the visitor or whatever, but, like, you don't want it to happen again. She was like, just tell them, like, if you're afraid that, you don't want it to happen again so I did and I mean bar that one extra bar that one time that I told you about with the spiral at the door like I haven't had anything else like that ever since so I don't know whether I've just like put up this block now that I'm like don't come like I don't want to say anything else and um, because of how much it scared me but like is that a thing that you would like get those sort of messages and dreams as well yeah I think um it comes down to so what I know and what I feel I know for certain, but who knows, because, you know, I'm, I'm open to um, being challenged on that. But what I feel is pretty certain for me is that the spirit world will never do you any harm. Yeah. My understanding of the spirit world is a, is a place of absolute unconditional love. OK, so if we're being afraid of something that's being presented to us, that fear, I feel, is coming from how we've been conditioned to view things. Yeah, so, just with what you were saying there about you know your your sister who had so uh, just to clarify had your sister passed away when she'd been born or as a miscarriage I don't know like there's just it's so not it, spoken about but yeah yeah so if if for instance it had been a miscarriage and then you're seeing our lady with tears of blood you know that's that could be very symbolic of your sister telling you 
I passed away before I got here. There was a lot of blood. There was a miscarriage. You know, I'm with our lady now, so I'm fine. But how we perceive it depends on our conditioning and and how we are kind of geared toward thinking. Yeah. So what what our patterns are and what how we're used to perceiving things. So yeah, while that experience might have been really scary for you, I'm pretty certain that your sister would not have wanted you to feel fear. Yeah. You know, exactly. um, probably just telling you her story. This is how. This is what happened. This is how I am. I'll be with you in Lords as well. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think like looking back on it now, I am not as scared as I said. I'm far more minded and aware of these sort of things. Like at that point, I had no, like literally no idea that stuff like that even happened. I don't think. I don't think I even knew that like spirits could come visit people and stuff. So I was just petrified. But like I remember telling my parents, and like you said, like I feel like this is part of the conditioning on the shame or something. And like then being like, oh, rise up, like you know, it was nothing. And like my dad was making jokes, being like, Your granny's gonna start holding pilgrimages to your room now, like you know, just winding me up about it. So I think after that, then I was just like, No, this is nothing, you know, like just trying to push it down. And like, they like, Oh, it probably was just hallucinating, or it probably was just you know, like stuff like that. And um, so I think there is definitely that stigma around it. But as I've grown up and I'm far more open to it now, I don't think I'm as afraid. But that's not to say that if something did come and knock me on the door again, that I wouldn't shit myself again, like I probably would. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, I think it's just that doubting that, like, surely not, surely I don't have like this sort of ability, you know, why would I? But like, do you think everybody kind of can embody this or everybody kind of has a, any kind of psychic ability if they're open to it and conscious and aware of it? Yeah, so I think it's a little bit like um, being an artist or being an athlete um, where. There are people who are naturally born with this faculty and this ability and it's there, you know, and and if they weren't to do any kind of development of it or whatever, it would still be there, you know, and for me, that's that's born mediums or born psychics. But we all, in my understanding, we all come from the same place and we're all going back to the same place. So we all have that. We are we are spirit. We're just currently in a physical vehicle and or driving a physical vehicle, you know, so we are all spirit. So for me, I don't see any reason why we can all connect to that that part of, of consciousness, that that part of awareness. And we all have a soul. Yeah. So psychic ability is there, you know. Um, but what you might find is that those who, who aren't kind of naturally geared in that way or not naturally born with that faculty um, just that occurs without any work might find it harder. Yeah. You know, so it, it's like I I can draw, you know, I could draw you a dog, but it won't be very good. Yeah. Or someone who's a born artist will be able to like blow you away with this drawing of a dog, you know. Um, or you know, I could um I could do a long jump, but I'm not gonna get as far as someone who is a natural athlete, you know. Do you think then it's a case of that it can take some work? Like if you put the dedication and work into channeling your ability or working on it and opening it up, that you can kind of you know, develop these further or something? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I know a lot of mediums um, who don't have any any recollection of any experiences throughout their childhood or their teen years or anything like that. And they've they've kind of come to it later in life. So there's been something that's triggered their um, thirst for, for knowledge, their um, desire to know what is out there, what is possible. And they are great mediums and great psychics. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's so interesting as well. So that's when I'm going to start telling like anybody who turns around to me and they're like, I don't believe in that. I'm going to be like, well, you're a psychic too. If you just, (laughs) then you'll soon see. (laughs) (laughs) So what 
would you what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out then on like their spiritual kind of self-awareness journey whether they're going to be a psychic medium or whether they're just becoming self-aware what advice would you give self-awareness is the key um for me for me I'm always a bit baffled as to anybody who would think oh I really want to do this this is what I'm going to do I'm going to be a medium or I'm going to be a psychic um, just because I'm so aware of, uh, you know, from my own history with it, like the, the challenges that it presents, the difficulties that it presents, this is not an easy role to carry. Mm-hmm. It's really not. I mean, it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's brought me so much joy, but it's been hard work and it continues yeah. to be hard work. Um, so for me, someone, I, I just don't understand why someone would go, I'm going to do that. I want to be a medium. I want to be a psychic. I don't get it. You know, if you're thinking of that for the money, forget about it. That's not the case. Then as soon as you start focusing on money with this work, it drops away. Okay. Yeah. So that's not going to work for you. Um, I, I don't know. It, when I can understand totally though, people who want to know, you know, they just want that connection. They just want to know that. And then they want to go on and be able to deliver that for other people. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. So if you're going to start out, self-awareness is key don't do anything until you know yourself a bit better okay so I would suggest either having a few sessions with counseling or doing a course an introductory course in counseling because for me that's one of the quickest ways you're going to get to know who you are that or having your birth chart done by an astrologist yeah I love all that yeah because you will see they will show you your blind spots you know they will show you the unknown and you'll you'll see um aspects and potential about yourself that you would never have known and so once you know yourself that little bit better then you can start to work on developing and getting to know other people and getting to help other people so for me self-awareness is crucial absolutely key so I would suggest don't do anything until you've done that no I think that's amazing and I think even for anybody listening now I think my advice would just be with the reading like with the first reading you talking about counseling there like for me I feel like the first time I ever went to a reading was like a counseling session and like I said, like for me, it was life changing. But I also think not going in with the expectation that it's going to change your life as well. Because I think then maybe the next time I went to someone else, I kind of was expecting the same experience that I had had the first time with you. And that that's probably why it blocked, you know, that's probably why it was off. So I think like not going in with the expectation that it's going to change your life, but with the potential that it can, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then with counseling and like things like astrology and stuff like that, they're definitely things that I have used to like, raise my self-awareness. So I would definitely agree with you on that sense. So someone asked, are you doing readings over the phone at the minute? Zoom. I'm using Zoom okay. at the minute. Okay, great. There yeah, and it works just as well. It's fine. Um, and then somebody else asked, do your abilities ever frighten you? Never. Oh, that's nice. Never. That's nice to know because like anything I've had, I got, I'm just afraid. So <laughs> good to know that it doesn't have to be scary. No, I've never been afraid of the spirit world. Um, I've been, I guess with the psychic stuff, whenever you know something that you don't want to know. Okay. You know, like in my own personal life, there've been times when I've known something's going to happen that I don't want to happen. And it's not fear, but it's a resignation of the fact that I'm not going to like this. Okay. <laughs> but I know I have to go through it. So not fear, no. I've never been touching on that, like what you've just mentioned, leads us on to another one of the questions. So this person's asked, do you get messages solely for others or do you get them for yourself too? And why would you go to another psychic? See, now you'd think I'm a psychic and one that was going to lead us in there nicer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> messages for myself are a rarity. They are an absolute rarity. 
Um, and, you know, I love my spirit people, my spirit family, as much as I love my physical family. I was really lucky to get to know three of my great grandmothers before they passed um, oh. and a great grandfather. And I adored them, you know, oh. and now both my granddads are in the spirit world. So I really miss them. And I sometimes would get a bit frustrated that I'm like, why don't you pop in to see me? Why don't you come in for a chat? Oh. Like, where are you? What's going on? But it's not for me. My my abilities are not for me. They're for other people. Um, however, if I really, really need a bit of guidance or a bit of advice, yes, they will come through. And it happened just a few weeks ago, actually, the great granddad that I didn't meet. Um, I was really worried because a family member was in hospital. And my great grandfather was pulling cards for like a post I put up on Facebook. And my great grandfather that I didn't, I hadn't met and didn't know came through and made a connection to let me know that everything's fine. You're all right. Aww. So on a rare occasion, I will get a message for myself, but it is a rarity. Um, with the psychic side of things, so that's from the spirit world, the mediumship aspect of it. With the psychic side of things, um, when you are more aware on, on your day-to-day -day life and, and when you're constantly working in that psychic zone with your work and you're, you're more aware, you're in the flow that little bit more. So you do become aware of a lot more in your day-to-day -day life as well. So it's this, it's not like you're bombarded all the time with information and this is what's coming next because you have to live a normal life. So it's not like you're in a, a constant state of deja vu yeah. <laughs> where you're like, oh, this is going to happen in three seconds. Oh, that happened. Oh, this is going to happen in three seconds. Like you go mad, you know, it'd be crazy. Um, but there are times where you're going to, you'll, you'll know things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's, it's a lot more subtle whenever it's your everyday state of being. Yeah. So then is it that easy for you to pick up on that that's a message for you and, or not a message for you that's something that's going to happen to you or do you maybe get confused if that's for someone else? Maybe. No, there's a, a very different feel whenever it's my own stuff and whenever it's someone else's. It's a very okay. different feel. Yeah. Okay. No, that's so interesting too. Um, let me see what other questions we've got. Some of these I've basically already asked you. Oh, so this is one I just wrote down. Um, have you been getting any messages for me throughout this Zoom call? Or do you have to like separately go and channel into that and actively get ready for that, if you know what I mean? I haven't been getting any messages for you throughout this Zoom call. Okay. Um, and it doesn't mean that that can't happen because there will be times in normal conversation where a spare person will be opportunistic right. <laughs> and go, oh, here, while you're there, tell her about this, you know. Um, but I do follow a process um, before I will start work, like actively working for the day. So I will go into, you know, I'll, I'll spend some time in nature walking the dog. You know, I'll spend some quiet time where I'm not around other people. I will, I will literally go and have a shower before work as well, like just to kind of wash off energetically anything that, you know, um, and then I will meditate and then I will get in the power, it's called. So that sounds all very grand, but basically getting into the power is allowing yourself to move to a different state of awareness where it's easy to perceive and, and pick up on the spirit world yeah no I think that's definitely like part of it for me as well not I'm not saying that I am psychic medium or anything like that but I feel like I'm definitely more self-aware and like I've had some way like feelings of knowing almost come through to me and that's definitely on the maybe times where I've been like meditating and doing yoga and like stuff like that for the week and like you said like the grinding and the energetic work like I would have like a basically smudger too that sometimes I use and I feel like whenever I'm more in the role and routine of getting up and doing these things and like maybe cold showers and stuff like that as well like the link of doing all these things consecutively in days or maybe weeks then I come to almost like a higher state of consciousness as well and I think that's like kind of linked to maybe stuff like anxiety and things like that as well like when I'm not doing those sort of good positive 
energetic work for myself like the things that I'm, I know I'm going to become more conscious and aware on feeling better like when you do feel good when you're doing all those things whenever I notice that I'm not doing this this and this then I think that's when I start to fall into the pattern of doing like you know bad habits or like just lying right in bed when it shouldn't be and then that's when I start to feel like detached and disconnected and like a bit anxious and down so I think even besides from doing these things to get yourself like you said into like a psychic kind of state of mind and ready for those messages I think even for the average person who isn't going into all that kind of work like these are just better to get to know yourself better like these are modes to become more conscious and aware of your own self like you said earlier too I think for me um I started to get some sort of like I'm just going to talk to you about it because when I talk to my friends about this everyone's just kind of like I don't know like what that means do you know what I mean but like I would get messages through and I talked to this I talked to Emma Bird about this in my last podcast if you listen to that um about like getting messages or like not even messages but like thoughts about something and then that'll happen or it's happened but I'll not know whenever I'm thinking it that this is going to happen do you know what I mean yeah. so even something as simple as I'll not go into details but like there was one occasion where I was thinking about one of my cousins and thinking Oh, flip, she's been with her father for years and years and they have two wee babies and they're not engaged. I wonder when they'll get engaged. And then the next day we were told they got engaged that night. But like when I got that thought, I didn't think they're going they're getting engaged right now or tonight. Like, you know, I think I'm I don't know how to understand that that's happening or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think it's the most natural thing in the world. And this is where our society has kind of flipped that in a very different way. So it if you think back to, well, I, I won't say think back to because you'll not remember if you were here during these times, but caveman days, right? Our instincts are what kept us alive. Our intuition is what kept us alive, which stopped us from running into a saber-toothed tiger, like around the corner. You know, it was that intuition, that, that, um, that part of us that is connected to all of those things, that is connected to awareness, it's connected to nature. And um, for me, it's almost like a big web. You know, I imagine it like a big web of, of, of connection and information. We can't separate ourselves from that. Yeah. And we do try in, this, in our society in this day and age, we really try, you know, yeah. there's a lot of mind-numbing stuff that, that we do yeah. to pull ourselves away from that. But those moments of clarity and those moments of connection, that's actually the more natural state of being. And so those practices you talk about, like yoga, meditation, you know, that, that stillness of mind, the more you're in that state of, and that frame of mind, the more you're in the natural flow of the universe. And the, the, it just becomes the norm to you to pick up on these things. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, and that's what, I was saying like I notice when I'm not doing those things that I'm so disconnected and that I'm falling into the mind-numbing habits like you said like I'll be watching watching like TV programs and stuff like that when that's not normally what I do but then whenever I'm like doing my yoga meditation stuff like that that I do get these like instincts or intuition and things like that through you know but it's a bit more natural whenever I'm actually practicing those things and I think it's more of like a you're choosing to consciously and actively go out of your way to reconnect yourself you know instead of just waking up and grabbing your phone in the morning or something like that it's like that conscious effort and then that obviously brings you to like a higher level of consciousness I think that basically wraps us up I don't actually well I probably could sit here and talk to you all day but I feel like we're just we've just scratched the surface like you said and I hope like I've answered everybody's questions and I think I've answered the questions that I have for you right now but I'm sure I'll get a, a reading in with you again throughout the year and I'll probably now feel more confident to ask you more questions whenever I'm there and <laughs> be like 
and what does he expect when you're telling me who's coming through and stuff like that? So, um, no, I'm really there, there is actually there is actually an issue with that, and it's that yeah. once you question a medium or you know try and kind of like what happens is my conscious mind comes into play. So if you're asking questions, it sort of pulls you out of the flow, oh, and so you're better actually just sitting and listening to what's coming through rather than well, what does he look like? Or where did he? You know, what's he wearing? What's he? Um, because then I'm trying to receive all this evidence and information from your loved one and if you're pulling me back into our awareness it's harder to keep that connection right. okay i'll not do that okay. i'll maybe do it after <laughs> yeah. but not in the not in the middle <laughs> no it's been so lovely to get you on and talk to you like i just feel so much better after that i don't know why i just feel like uplifted or something um, and yeah. it's, it's so good to get the clarity as well about my own experiences you know hearing it from you because obviously no one i know whenever I tell them that they're either just shut it down and they're like oh my god that's amazing that's so weird but like no one's ever been able to tell me that yeah this is actually yeah you're right you know what I mean and that you're not going crazy so I think yeah. that's like what I've taken away from this the most to be honest and for anybody listening I hope you really really enjoyed it and if you want to book in a reading with Michelle you can let me know and I'll send over your number or Michelle do you have a Facebook page I know you don't really use it that much but Yes, yes, I'm on Facebook. It's just a personal page, just Michelle McWilliams. Okay. Um, and then I do have like a little blog page that's attached to that called Monologue of a Medium. Um, but yeah, you can get me through Facebook or via phone. So okay, there you go. So thanks so much. And I hope everybody enjoyed that. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to the With Grace podcast. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and find some insight. To keep up with the podcast, subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow on Instagram at Grace Thanks.